and now on a watch and this is cutting through the matrix on December the 20th, 2007. For those who are newcomers to the station, look into Alan Watt, Sentient Sentinel, that's my European site for downloadable transcripts in the tongues of Europe, and look into, uh, also look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com for hundreds of talks I've given over the past, over the years, which you can download for free, all to do with this big matrix system in which we live. Uh, it contains all of the histories from ancient times, if you listen carefully, going way back 10 years, from ancient times up to the present, and how we've been manipulated all along, and now we're going into the greatest manipulation of ever, which is to be the control, complete control of everyone in their mind. When the mind is gone, that's game over for the general population. And if you look around you today, it's almost there. And that's without the use of a microchip. That's just with intensive scientific indoctrination and the tricks of electronics. That's why they call it electronics. It's a trick of the elect. And we've all been brainwashed since birth into fake histories. Histories are always being written by victors and rewritten uh, when they have to omit certain things which aren't too pleasing to, to, to governments that come along in the future. So they, they just cut them out like George Orwell's job as Winston in 1984. Winston's job was to edit history, edit history as it was actually happening and put all the old stuff down the memory hole where it's gone forever because all dissension, all the causes of dissension of the past, all conflicts of the past, and all the wrongs that have been done by one group against another, one people against another, have to be eradicated. John Dewey brought that philosophy forth, and he said it would be taught in education. Everything that caused problems in the past between peoples would simply be omitted, and it would be big blank spots in history. You can understand the logic behind it, because conflicts it can go back hundreds and hundreds of years between people and tribes and so on. But uh, the other point of view is that uh, if they're telling you lies in that respect, well, what else are they telling you that are lies as well? And you find, unfortunately, it's almost everything. Because Dewey came from the old Frankfurt School, along with many, many more, in an attempt to create a new type of society. Uh, they all came out of uh, Prussia. In fact, all the Prussian uh, teachers were sent over to Europe and the Americas to bring this kind of indoctrination uh, to the monarchs, to those that ruled. And that's what's happened. We've all lived through it, and yet we think everything's normal because our parents didn't know to tell us or to warn us. They were brainwashed themselves. Quite a simple technique. But I was thinking, uh, growing up myself, of all the things I witnessed and the big changes in the culture that I witnessed just growing up from a small age and observing people and how they adapted so quickly to whatever the media was pushing out in front of them. That went for fashion, that went for ridiculous fashions, fashions which were certainly not suited to winters in Britain plastic miniskirts and plastic boots and plastic coats and 
and people who were freezing at bus stops just standing there and they wouldn't cover themselves up because it was unfashionable and I realized then there were forces at work and there's also an understanding at work of human nature in general today they call it herd management in fact because they understand human instincts and how the majority of the public will always try to belong to their peer group by being the same and as they were doing all this too they were promoting a new religion very important topic because religions in all ages have been used in all parts of the world to control the masses beneath them beneath the ruling elite and it was funny to witness this religion and hearing your elders and even my sisters were, were elders talking about uh, channeling and uh, the new age stuff that was being put out in front of them the psychedelic stuff all mixed with drugs and so on drugs etc being promoted by top people like Timothy O'Leary which is a Masonic term if you break it down he's a light bringer O'Leary is a light bringer he, light, he lights the old gas lamps in the streets that's what O'Leary is and it was a time of the O'Leary they were to light the lamps uh, and make an, a new illumined society but not too bright not too bright that's why it's still gas and uh, the people started using that terminology too it's a gas it was all a big joke by those at the top that gave us the complete culture. And O'Leary and other top doctors and scientists were put out there on stage, on mainstream, mainstream televisions, to promote what was to become the religion of the world, a religion that would be tied in with Mother Earth, and a religion that would be tied in with greening of the planet. Now green is everywhere you hear it, everywhere it's all through big business, because, like all culture, is promoted from the top down. No culture is allowed to exist uh, from the, coming from the bottom by itself because it could disrupt any plans that governments have laid out. And believe you me, governments don't sit and haggle in congresses or parliaments about trivial things. The real government is busy planning a long-term future. And therefore, all major cultural movements which have to interweave together, interlock together through all facets of society, have to be authorized and worked out and managed from the top. And that's precisely what was happening. It came out later that O'Leary and others were actually CIA uh, paid, paid by the CIA to promote hallucinogenic drugs. Quite amazing. And I lived through that because I was a bit too young, but I, I grew up watching people getting, you know, losing their minds and so on, and talking to the sky and, and people that didn't exist. And at the same time, uh, I watched the Beatles that I couldn't really understand at first, I was too young, but I watched this uh, tremendous promotion through music and, and I, I had I had got Plato I went to library my library uh, when I was the adult library that is when I was five and I, I looked at Plato on different ones and talked about culture and here I was witnessing a change in culture meaning it was promoted from the top and the Beatles started off as the clean cut young men that was to grab the audience and to put the older generation at ease very clever better for the older generation at ease that the parents of the youngsters that were really the target and once they had the big following and got all the hits then 
they could change their appearance. And then, once they grew hair long and so on, which is okay, it's a rebellion against the short haircuts of the military, so I don't mind it at all. However, then they went off to India, when they had a few hits there, and suddenly we hear about the Maharishi Yogi. And that was all over the magazines. And suddenly, the people who were older than me were parroting all these terms that came from India, terms that they were eating up and discussing and debating. And you see, all these particular terms are religious terms, and the people who were parroting them didn't know that they were learning a religion. And it must be good if their superstars were promoting it, because everyone wants to follow the stars. That's what a wandering star is. You follow the stars. They give you the stars from the top. And as I watched all this happening. And I remember reading in the papers how professors at university had seen limousines, big limos, with men, well-dressed men, throwing garbage bags full of LSD pills over the walls in universities and major colleges. That's how they got it introduced. It wasn't by the little dealer in a laboratory uh, just cooking some stuff up. It was made by the big drug companies. Much later on, I found they've been experimenting with it since the 1930s. And in Peter Wright's book, much later on too, I found out that even Lord Victor Rothschild, who was the head of all British security during the Cold War at one point, even though Wright was pointing to him as being the main suspect, for passing information on to Moscow. Uh, Rothschild was, was using this stuff and testing it out on MI5 and MI6 agents, quite something. And that was in the 50s. They were doing that. But then in the 60s and 70s, they made sure that the, the real target got their doses. And it wasn't just a drug culture and a music culture that was going heavily, getting heavily promoted from the top. It was a separation of the generations that was being heavily promoted, and very few people living through it, the older and the younger, even realized it. That was its primary intent. And also, the secondary intent was to create a new religion, a religion that only now, many, many, many years later, we've come to understand was to do with the new agenda for the new world order, as they called it. They've used this term many times long before Bush, even Adolf Hitler, used it. It was used in the 1800s by people in the Cecil Rhodes Society, a new world order. And the greening, the greening stuff now all makes sense. Now they have a whole generation grown up to parrots, uh, religious terms they don't even understand that come mainly from Hinduism with a touch of, of Shinto and a touch of everything else, like peppered in a pot, just, just a little touch and a dab here and there. And it's New Age. And behind it all is, is an amazing amazing technique of, of getting the people to, to pounce on it, to gobble it up because of ego. You see, the, the, the religion that has been pushed the big, big time, it must appeal to the ego and have no rules. John Dewey, again, referred to this a long time ago the guy who was sent in to set up the educational system for the United States. And he, he made reference to, to this, uh, that there'd be no real morality as we know it. 
collective morality, do your own thing, basically. That became the, the term that was used, that you do your own thing. No rules and no real inhibitions. Anyone who was inhibited uh, was odd, and they called them square. So when you read Michael Gorbachev's book, Towards a New Civilization, and you, talk, you hear an atheist who admits in the same book he is an atheist, stating that we and his foundation and others were working towards a new world religion, which would be based on a form of earth worship. And you read the eugenics experiments that are going on all around you. It's in papers and magazines every day now. And the greening nonsense we're hearing all around us. And the catastrophe with, with, the, with the, the global warming and how we are causing it straight out of the book that invented it. The first global revolution by the Club of Rome. That was the book, the first global revolution, where they said they needed a cause to unite the planet and for this agenda. And they came up with the idea of, of saying it was global warming and the public were to blame. That was in the 1970s. And it's been done. It's been done. And you see it all mixed together again with the New Age religions where nothing is real. The old Beatles song, Nothing is Real, Strawberry Fields. And you're seeing people who should be really fairly intelligent, uh, fairly streetwise and savvy, telling you that nothing's real, it's all illusion. And you ask them where they get this, and, and get this big response, they're not sure, it's from, it's everywhere they sell, it's everywhere. It's in all the magazines they read, it's in the movies they watch. It's, it's a new religion, and they don't even know it. And it's a religion that ties in with the greening. It's a religion that will tie in with the depopulation program, where people will voluntarily come forward and have themselves sterilized to save Mother Earth. And I do have articles here about that. It's already happening. We now have the volunteers coming forth. Isn't it beautiful? It took from the late 1800s to create this religion that's now blossoming, so to speak, and turning very green in our own lifetime. And yet most of the people who've lived right through that up to the present are oblivious as to how it all happened because they don't question. They don't question. And the techniques of creating a religion are so well known. They were known in ancient times, especially the one to do with the earth type. Paganism. It must appeal to the ego where you can become, going back to the Garden of Eden allegory, God. And you actually have people today believing that they can become God. They'll tell you that to your face. Be back with more after these following messages. to We the People Radio Network.
folks. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. And I thought I'd start off to say tonight by the first thing that came in my head. I never prepare anything. I don't have the staff either to do anything for me, so I, I don't have stuff put up on my screen that I can rattle off and, and really impress you. I prefer just to talk as I would talk to someone sitting across the kitchen table. And after getting down from the roof, I have to go up there and scrub the satellite dish so we can beam up and upload tonight. It gets frosty, and there's about two feet of snow up there too, maybe two or three feet of snow. I got back in and sat down here, and I thought, well, what's in my mind? And I thought, well, the new age is all around us, and how this greening is completely meshing now with the preparation that was done many years ago on the minds of the public to do with what we call the new age, where all normalcy was destroyed and to make way for this new system. As they say in high masonry, all that was must be demolished to make way for that which is new, that which is to come. You always destroy the old cathedral. You take it down as you're building the new one because it's a new world order with a completely new way of living, uh, a new system. And when you see what's planned for society, and we read it in the papers what's planned for us, this controlled society, world society, where every individual is going to be tracked, traced, and monitored from birth to death. And this is only one part of the stage, one phase of the agenda. It's intergenerational until they literally create new types of humans to serve a small elite more more efficiently. Uh, this is quite something. It's a nightmare we're really living in. And because you're born into it, you don't think it's abnormal especially if your parents are already accepted and didn't know that they've been brainwashed their whole lives too. That's how mammals all react. If their parents don't warn them of what to be aware of, they will accept everything, even uh, the worst enemies. That's how simple it is. But before I go on about this, I've got Richard in Texas on the line, and, and we'll talk to Richard. First, are you there, Richard? Hello, Richard. Yeah, go ahead. I've been uh, curious about the whole cultural thing with regard to the people um, and, and have been interested in your comments this evening. Um, I was 12 when the Ed Sullivan Show happened, and I've been a, a big fan of their music ever since. And I'm, I'm curious uh, if you think that they were um, more than just manipulated and their image as a separate thing was manipulated even further, or whether you think there was actually something uh, deeper at work there in terms of their connection to any of this uh, nasty cultural shift. Um, it seems to me the good things that came out of also uh, the exposure to meditation as an option for uh, humanity, and I'm not sure that uh, the mind-opening um, experience of the non-abuse of uh, something like LSD or peyote isn't uh, possibly a, a positive thing for some folks. But uh, anyway, your comments about all that would be appreciated. Yeah, okay. Well, the, the idea, you see, remember, too, before the Beatles came along, long before the Beatles came along, even when Aldo Huxley was writing Brave New World in the 1930s, they were talking about a future they could create if they could get the public to accept having drugs alter their minds 
not to help them in any way, shape or form, but to control their minds. But when you're living with uh, hallucinogenic drugs, you, you start to lose what they call affect, that's normal emotion. That's a side effect of it. And in fact, you can get drug-induced schizophrenia. Uh, during the phase of tripping out, you're technically schizophrenic. And uh, this, again, was well understood. And a schizophrenic society is, is really easily managed because they cannot discern things properly. Things are distorted. They can't perceive uh, clearly. The things are very uh, distorted in their minds. So be, they used these techniques in ancient India on the peasants to control them for a long, long time, uh, coupled with vegetarianism, too, and a restricted vegetarian uh, diet at that. So food and drugs has always been used at certain times down to uh, the histories of different countries. So it was simply being reintroduced again. Now, the Beatles didn't simply make themselves. They were made. That's how stars are made in the music industry. Uh, it's, it's a good Hollywood myth that the movies they give you of someone with talent that just keeps pushing ahead and gets up there. That's very, very rare. Uh, generally, stars are made. I've seen them made, in fact, in my own lifetime. Oh, Brian. And, oh, yeah, Brian Epstein was, was well connected. Uh, but again, a lot of money and promotion. I don't know how much people realize was spent on promoting the Beatles before anyone had heard or, or even seen them. It was a tremendous build-up. Now, whenever you see a tremendous build-up about something that's going to appear and it's taken millions of dollars to do so through advertising and promotion, uh, that's going to be a success. And it wasn't the first time it had been done. They'd done it before with Charles Go uh, Dar Darwin when he brought his book out on evolution. They built it up in the British press and the world press for, for about two years before they released the book. And that guaranteed he'd be an instant genius in, in the eyes of the public. And sure enough, they started. in the Beatles, do you think? I, I'm pretty sure that others, um, definitely others associated with the Beatles and were managing them uh, were, were associated with Tavistock because Tavistock was heavy into uh, music long before the, uh, even rock or pop music came along. Uh, they, were, they were trying out different kinds of, of the effects of jazz a certain type of jazz on the minds as far back as the 1920s and there was a Jewish uh, uh, jazz writer in New York who was kidnapped uh, by the Soviets and taken over to the Soviets because he had a technique that he was working on which could put uh, youngsters especially who are more prone to it into almost an altered state um, uh, and th 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 that eventually was coupled with a technique that was released years and years later, and they called them the Beatniks, where again they introduced these guys who were kind of scruffy. Um, they, they smoked weed and, uh, and they just played this kind of, you know, laid-back kind of jazz, some, sometimes atonal jazz. And, and that took off more in Europe, but it didn't do well in Britain or the United States, and so they went back to the drawing board and, and um, gave us pop music and launched that tremendously. Again, in Britain, it was only the BBC, which is owned as an arm of the British government. And, and the BBC really promoted and started off what we call the pop industry from the top down again. And uh, we know that Steve Martin and others uh, were taught uh, heavily into these techniques of, of how the mind reacts 
and how the different brain patterns alter by using certain types of music. And they worked heavily uh, with Gibson in the U.S. on stereo, uh, etc., uh, and, and using sequencing, what they call sequencing within the stereo. To the average listener, you just hear um, uh, certain instruments in one ear and certain instruments in the other from the other speaker, but it's actually sequences. It's almost like pulses going back and forth, forth in certain songs, and, and these actually uh, could put you in an altered state as well. Very conducive. I think you're a musician as well, Alan, and I wish that you would use some of your music for the bumper stuff from time to time. And, mm-hmm. and bumper music that you do use seems to indicate that you're a fan of uh, a certain popular music and stuff. And I, I, I just wonder what your what your thought is about uh, you know good music, bad music, uh, that sort of thing in terms of uh, you know the, the cultural influence. Oh yeah, I mean bad music's quite simple. It's not so much bad. Uh, remember, the guys at the top don't see things as, as bad or good. Um, I'll, I'll finish this after the, the following messages. Great host, great topics, brief speech at its best. This is We the People Radio Network. Sounds 
because one day we'll hear that in our heads from all brain chips. We'll hear the, the almost mechanical computer-type operating sound going through our heads, and that'll be a new type of music to the public. But when it comes to uh, the promotion of mind-altering drugs, that was that was one of the the functions that Alastair Crowley was given by by what became MI6, who now admitted have admitted that he worked for them. They're very good at giving us gurus, and his job was to, to help create, help start off, kick off uh, this next part of the New Age movement. The old stuff was started by Madame Blavatsky in the 1800s, the late 1800s, and we find Crowley was sent out there to fascinate the youth, and you'll find him on the covers of a lot of albums. Even the Beatles had um, all their heroes on an album cover, I think it was Sgt. Pepper, and you'll see Alistair Crowley in there amongst Karl Marx and many others. And um, mind-altering drugs, as I say, were pushed so heavily, except that it didn't tell you the fallout from it all. And the mental hospitals, the psychiatric hospitals, got the fallout because many people didn't come back from those trips. Uh, their minds were left elsewhere, and they ended up having a drug-induced schizophrenia. Other ones that I knew became incredibly naive. It made them more prone to suggestibility. They became hyper-suggestible, which again is a great way, if you want a public, uh, that you can make believe anything. And uh, so drugs do that. They take away your common sense. And um, it's been promoted once again by different people. Uh, and even Crowley started off the whole thing of going to Latin America for the little drink, the drinky poo from the shaman. And uh, he also was initiated into another Masonic uh, order when he was over there. At that time, he was only in the English order, or the Royal, the York order, uh, and the Royal Arch he was in. But he was initiated into the higher degrees of uh, the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry by a shaman in Latin America. So it was already all over the world, you see, Freemasonry in one form or another. But over there, yeah, he, he helped to push uh, the taking the elixir that would open up your third eye and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he was no fool, this guy. Uh, he wasn't so dumb to take it himself, but he promoted it in his books as the way he had. Well, he was... I've been curious, you know, because of uh, having experimented just a little bit back in the uh, early 70s with that sort of thing, whether yeah. my openness to, you know, these concepts that you talk about and, and, and that sort of thing is a result of any of that or, or whether that's, uh, you know, a completely separate uh, issue. You know, I've been mm -hmm. curious for some time. Yeah, it could be separate, and you may have even gone further if you hadn't taken the drugs. Yeah, that could be, I suppose, you know. You know, what they didn't mention, too, and they, and they still keep it fairly quiet, is that some of these drugs make permanent physical changes within the brain itself. Maybe it's more likely that my openness to considering that as a, uh, a, a thing to do attributes to my openness to consider these ideas. I don't know. It's probably more yeah. that. Uh-huh. And as I say, too, I, what I noticed was the incredible naivete some of them would end up uh, having for a personality. So naive, and, and uh, they could be told anything, they'd believe it. And it was as though their sensor part of the brain uh, was just simply gone, and they were made more suggestible and more easily led. And that's exactly the, the society they wanted to create, to control them into the next step. Uh, how else could you get a society uh, that where the laws even that they were used to 
um, upheld life itself, uh, you know, and uh, and the old values of, of marriage and children and so on were all in natural play. Uh, how else would you change them from that system to a system where everyone's isolated, which remembers exactly what government wrote about a long time ago, that they could isolate each individual and the genders and the generations from each other, then government could eventually control you personally by dictating right down to little old you, and there's no one standing in your way. It's all, it all ties in together because it was a, a long-term agenda <laughs> and, and worked just like a long-term business plan. It's been successful has been very, very successful, as you can see. And to bring a world culture together that would be under domination, you have to get all of the religions and mix them together. And that's exactly what they've done. Uh, as I say, Madame Blavatsky said in her own books that her job was to bring the religions of the West, mainly Christianity, and combine it with that of, of uh, the East. That was her job. All of this stuff in the Matrix makes the fact that the, the people are singing nothing is real of truism on one level <laughs> in way of looking at it. But, uh, yes, right. Now, yeah, all, all the propaganda really is just that. It's, uh, it's mainly based on, on abstracts and, and ulterior motives because we are never, we're never told the truth till 50 years after an event has occurred because the generation that's grown up don't care what happened before. Uh, that, that's standard. That's why uh, official secrets acts release stuff. 50 years down the road, no one cares. Okay, that. All still open, I don't need to listen to that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the young ones always say, so what? Anything that's 20 years old to, to a youngster is, is, is antique. It's just uh, the old age stuff. So so they're very good at releasing stuff, and they have released it. The Crowley worked for them, both before World War II and after, in fact. And Crowley himself uh, is reputed to have killed his own firstborn son. Uh, that was another little thing he got in, in there, too, to try and get that little act on the go. And it's so curious. It all depends on how you view something. If you stand back like I do and simply observe and you don't get too emotionally attached, you might probably try and get detached emotionally sometimes. Yeah. And, and you see a society that uh, at one time you were hung for murder because taking life was, was, uh, was a, a made, the major crime. Uh, killing a child was a major crime too, m you know, mucho major. And and then then you see the movements that were all promoted from the top down again. And you saw uh, uh, the gender wars. You saw the revolutions starting. And we know too that certain of, of the leaders of of the feminist movement were actually paid by the CIA. The whole culture. They admit this now. The, the whole culture was paid and run by the CIA. You know. And, um, much. Yeah, and, uh, and and along with it came uh, the abortion issue that that got everybody really going because everybody always takes a side for this or against. That's how people are. They always give you two wrestlers, one against the other. Which one do you like best? Two politicians, two parties, and people automatically fall and get really emotionally involved in one or the other. So emotionally involved, they don't they actually lose sight of the topic or the, the magnitude of the topic itself. And our sex-driven culture has given us a situation where 1 in 13 girls get pregnant now uh, you know, by high school age. Yes, and, and we, know, we know probably abort as many as are born. And, of course,
according to the big leagues, that's not enough. Alan, so, your time. I love your show. Yeah, keep listening. Right. And I'll, I'll talk more about all of this after the following messages. in the 1800s. 
the Royal Society of Psychical Research was headed by Conan Doyle. And, um, and they used to bring mediums, and Al- Albert Pike had his own personal medium who would channel stuff to him. Myself, I only had one channel, that was the BBC, so I didn't get very much at all. But uh, nowadays there were so many channels and so many entities, and everyone tells you to get in touch with your power animal or, or, or the figure that will appear in front of you, and, but you must ask its name. Strangely why they have the legal legalities in this. And even, even types of psychotherapy now use this, this the particular uh, um, channeling method or meeting your power animal to give you power. And even these uh, dynamic group encounter meetings they have, e- even for, for people who work in corporations, they send them off to, to these courses to give them more confidence, supposedly. They also get them in eventually to meeting their power animal and channeling and all this kind of stuff. It's always the same road they have to go down. Which is odd, because what you're seeing is the creation of a new religion, which is an old, old religion, and used to be called pantheism. Well understood, well documented, and kept in, in archives and even in regular libraries if you care to go into the old dusty books. They've simply revived something which they call the perennial religion. Perennial because it could be brought up again, and it would sprout and flourish because it always appealed to the vanity within the individual self because power, personal power, was always at its base. And for a religion to take off, that would take uh, over from the, or the old established religions, it had to appeal to the ego. The old religions gave you rules. The old religions, unfortunately, made you feel like a worm. In fact, pre-Protestantism, uh, there's no such thing as a personal contact with any deity. You're just one of the masses under the deity. You're a dirty, rotten, filthy little sinner. And, and so you, you didn't have a chance in hell, as they say, of getting out of it, uh, except by some miracle. Uh, but Protestantism came along. It simply grabbed the old stuff uh, that the Catholics had already taken, written about, omitted a lot of it. They omitted the Apocrypha in a lot of the books. And... Um, and brought in the born-again idea, mainly for the Americas, because they wanted the Americas to still go along with this religion that worked great for making cohesion within society, a society they were going to create to build up a world army. And now that your job's almost done, it's all been taken away, and even the religion is falling apart too, because all those who go through the same culture and watch television um, including all the congregations who go home and watch it too, are all getting the same brainwashing. So they, they lose their values. They're being indoctrinated by media, and, and they copy the culture around them uh, and not the values that they pretend to follow from the religion uh, on a Sunday. So religions are well understood for their value for controlling people, and you can take your pick if you want to control a particular type or create a, a type of society. You can go through all the old religions and see which one or, or assortment of them can we bring together to bring out this perfect society that we want to create, this perfectly controlled society. And for an age as we're going into, which couples into eventually going into a cyber world of unreality, where once again someone else will, will create the program that you'll be going into. It's so wonderful when you look back and see how the psychedelic era and all of the New Age movement fits right in along with the next step, where electronically they'll 
promise you all these wonderful miracles, and people will go in. They're already selling tea machines, electronic tea machines for energy. You know, the, the Chinese tea. I didn't say tea, I said tea. And they're selling them. So the, the, the faith is already coupled with technology. It's amazing. It's, and it's, I say beautiful. When I say beautiful, I mean a, in a sardonic sort of way. It's very, very clever. Very clever. How, how it all eventually fits to go into what they always wanted was a, a fake world that would control your minds completely. If you said this to a, a pre-1940s society, we'd like you to get brain chip one day and, and observe and follow it all down for your life. There have been revolutions all over the place. Believe you me. Very quickly. But today, with, with societies that are being created to be more unhappy and more unhappy as all the old bonding is destroyed, everyone's got hundreds of acquaintances but no, no, no real lovers, you might say. And, and everyone craves that personal contact, which they can't handle most of them anymore. It's been destroyed. And they're all, they've been taught that we're all one. We're all one. That's the mantra of the New Age. We're all one. And sure enough, they'll all be one when they're all hooked up together in the world's supercomputers, which will all be connected. That's when they'll all get their wish. The only thing is, they won't be conscious enough to understand it because there'll be no more you when that happens. And I've been over this before, how at Loyola University, the world science meetings, to do with this particular brain chipping technology. One of the statements that stands out was, when this is introduced and works, and accept it, which they know they will, they'll want to, um, there'll be no more individualism, the end of individuality. And then the elite who will not be chipped will breathe a sigh of relief because they won't have to worry anymore about revolutions and complaints departments or having to use so much energy to keep the multitudes entertained and happy, to keep them peaceful. They won't have those worries anymore. They'll have an efficient program society where, since you're only using about 10% of your brain, they can use all the rest of it to accomplish a, a myriad of tasks and use your body too like a robot because the most efficient robot is a human body. It's the most efficient. The cells regenerate themselves, you're self-repairing. We need less maintenance than, than the mechanical type. We're cheaper. We're a renewable resource. To the economist at the top, that's very logical to use this and do, do what's happening in this fashion. And it's happening, and we're living through it. I'll talk about this more after the following messages.